This is Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. And we welcome you to Wellspring for this Thursday, October 21st. And hosting the show today, it's Heather Lopez. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Gary. And hello to all who are listening and welcome to Wellspring, a live broadcast sponsored by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital. This morning, I am pleased to have Dr. Gwen Unziker from the Ottawa County Health Department here to provide an overview of the state of COVID in our county. And we will, at this time, we will not be taking listener questions. Um, good morning, Dr. Unziker. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. So we all wish that COVID-19 would just essentially disappear and unfortunately it isn't and there's still a lot happening. Um, so recently it was reported in 45 states that the rate of new COVID cases either declined or they stayed relatively steady in the past weeks compared to previous weeks. But however, the five states of Montana, Colorado, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, and here in Michigan had an increase in cases. Is this something that we're seeing this trend continuing here in Michigan? Unfortunately, yes. Um, you know, even though this, the numbers do seem to be going down a little bit in other states, there are really still only four states that are not in the high transmission category. And right now we're still seeing increases over the last week or two in the, both the percentage of positive cases that we're seeing here in Michigan and in Ottawa County, as well as just the number of overall cases continuing to increase. And can we talk specifically about some of the statistics maybe specifically in Ottawa County? Sure. So right now, our positivity rate, so the proportion of the tests that are done that come back with a positive result, right now those are at 16% of the tests that we are getting reported coming back positive, and that is up from 12% two weeks ago. And our case rate right now, on average, we're seeing about 110 new cases per day over the last week. Um, so we are still seeing a fair amount of COVID circulating in the community. And what would you say the goal is? What percentage would be the goal that we want to have? So right now, um, we think an achievable goal that would still offer a fair amount of protection would be for us to get down into what the CDC is calling the moderate transmission range. So that would be a goal of about um, 8% or less of our tests being positive, and that would average out to fewer than 21 cases per day here in our county. So in the beginning of COVID, we saw the majority of cases were seen in the older population. Is that still the case or what type of trends are we seeing within the communities? Good question. You know, it's important to remember that anybody can be exposed no matter how old they are and anyone can get infected. We know that our older folks are at the highest risk of severe COVID disease or hospitalization or death, uh, but it can happen at any age and any health status. And we think that maybe some of the reasons why 
we might be seeing lower rates now in our older folks and maybe relatively higher rates in our younger age groups are in the early days of the pandemic, it was harder to get a test. And so a lot of the early testing may have focused more on those folks in the older age range and in the higher risk groups. So therefore we may have been just seeing more positivity reported in those age groups. Um, also earlier in the pandemic, you know, there was a lot less gathering, a lot less mingling, schools were closed, gatherings were limited, and so we may not have being as, we may not have been seeing as much transition in those younger age groups. And I think one other factor may be the uh, vaccination rates. Right now we're doing a great job of um, getting our older folks vaccinated, but there are still uh, fewer folks in the younger age range that are vaccinated, that are not, excuse me, there are fewer folks in the younger age range um, that have gotten vaccinated. And as one of our uh, staff members here pointed out earlier this week, the Delta variant is very good at finding the unvaccinated. And so for those that haven't been vaccinated, we know that they are still at very high risk of um, being exposed and contracting COVID if they get exposed. So let's talk about the actual, the booster shots. The Pfizer booster is now available. Can you speak to who should get it, who is eligible and who's really recommended at this time to get that booster? Yes, and I think uh, one important thing that we may want to also distinguish is what's the difference between a booster shot and an additional dose, right? So a few weeks ago, people were talking about maybe getting an additional dose if they had certain health conditions. So an additional dose is one that's given to people that for the first initial doses of the vaccine, their immune system, for whatever reason, whether it's a health condition they have or a medication they're on, did not respond as well as we would like it to. So they received an additional dose in order to get that full complete immune response. A booster dose is a dose that's given after you've already completed the vaccine requirement. But we started to notice that even though the vaccines were still great at preventing severe disease, hospitalization and death, we started to notice that it may be giving a little bit less protection against the mild to moderate disease in some populations. So that might be, you still feel really lousy, but you're not really sick enough to need to be in the hospital. Um, so in those groups, particularly, those are folks that are older than 65 years old or people between the ages of 60, 18 and 65 who have certain medical conditions and we would encourage people to talk to their doctors to see if they have one of those medical conditions that puts them at higher risk. People that live or work in high risk settings, so healthcare workers, teachers, folks that work in the service industry, grocery stores, that kind of thing, or folks that live in situations like a nursing home or an assisted living facility where they're with other people um, or folks who may be incarcerated and are living in close quarters, they are all at higher risk for getting COVID. And so we would recommend that they get a booster shot. And it just needs to be six months after you have finished your last dose of the Pfizer vaccine that you would qualify for that booster shot. And is there a booster expected for those who've received the Moderna vaccine or Johnson & Johnson? Yes, this is hot off the press. Uh, the FDA 
last night um, voted to approve this. And now just today, the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunizations is meeting to discuss um, whether or not they're going to start recommending the Moderna and the Johnson & Johnson booster shots, and that is expected to go through. So stay tuned on that. There are a few logistics to work through, but that is looking very likely within the next few days. And it's hard to believe we're also entering into flu season at this time as well. So we think about the flu vaccinations. So thinking of the flu vaccine and the booster, can you get the flu vaccine at the same time you get the booster if you are el eligible for that? You absolutely can. In fact, I did exactly two weeks ago today. Um, there are very, very rare exceptions to that. And for that, of course, we would uh, suggest that people talk to their own healthcare provider. But the CDC is encouraging and recommending that if you're going to get your COVID booster, get your flu shot at the same time, as long as that facility is able to accommodate that. Um, you know, if you have concerns about a reaction, like maybe say a skin reaction at the spot where they give you the shot, you can always ask to get the shots in different arms, but our immune system is great at handling, um, you know, more than one vaccine at a time. And we would definitely encourage people to make sure that they're protecting themselves as well as they can. And do we know if there are any negative interactions between the flu shot and that booster? Not that we have heard. So let's talk a little bit about herd immunity and what it means for COVID and vaccinations. So what can you explain what is herd immunity? Sure. So basically herd immunity is if a large part of a group of people or a population um, can fight off the disease so that the disease can't spread as easily. So if you have more people that are immune to a disease, if that disease tries to jump from one person to another, if that person is immune, the disease stops right there. So we want to have as many people as we can within a certain group of people be immune to a disease so we can just nip it in the bud, right? Now, more contagious diseases need more people to be immune in order for that to happen. For example, measles. Measles is very contagious. Um, and so the studies that they've done over time have shown that about 94% of the population has to be immune to measles in order for us to achieve what they call herd immunity. We don't have a specific number for COVID yet. Uh, we do have um, some goals that we're setting in terms of how much of our population we're getting vaccinated. Um, and every dose gets us closer to that. So the herd immunity part of that being achieved is increasing the vaccine, vaccination rates, correct? Correct. And at this point, if we're looking specifically at Ottawa County, how many people, do we have a percentage of those who've been vaccinated that are eligible? So of our eligible population, um, right now we're at 65.3% being vaccinated. So that comes out to about over 160,000 folks here in Ottawa County. Our target is 70% of our total population. Um, and so we are, we're getting there, but again, every dose gets us closer. And what is the, so what is the outlook for achieving the herd immunity specifically in the entire United States? Again, there, there hasn't really been a specific number given. And we know again, that the more contagious a disease is, the more people need to be immune in order for us to achieve that. 
and Delta, the Delta variant is more contagious than we originally thought of COVID being at the outset of the pandemic. And so the game changes as we play it, but we continue to just encourage everyone that is eligible to get vaccinated as soon as they can to help us towards that goal. Dr. Gwen Unsinger from the medical director of the Ottawa County Department of Public Health. I have a question to uh, uh, pose down basically from the headlines in the death of former Secretary of State Colin Powell from COVID-19 complications is raising questions as the 84-year-old Mr. Powell had been fully vaccinated. Talk a little bit about his situation and maybe opening up a different vista dealing with the vaccine. Some might say, hey, he had the vaccine and he still died from it. We're learning right. things from him too. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because that is a, a very um, difficult situation, right? So without, of course, knowing his entire medical history and not being his doctor, I can say this. There were several factors that probably played into um, Secretary Powell's not developing a strong of an immune response to the full vaccine. Number one, he was in his 80s, and we know that people in that age group do have a higher risk of severe disease even after vaccination, which is why we're in, uh, encouraging them to get the booster. The other thing is that he had a history of multiple myeloma, which is a type of blood cancer that weakens the immune system. And so even though we had, uh, you know, he had had the vaccine, his body was not able to develop a strong immune response, whereas someone that doesn't have that would have been able to. So these are all reasons why we still need to work toward herd immunity too, because if we have enough of us that are immune, and that disease gets stopped before it spreads to someone who may be in something like Secretary Powell's condition, then we all have a much better chance of staying healthy and protecting each other. And speaking of maybe some people thinking that after he had passed from COVID, what are some other fears that you're hearing of people who are still not vaccinated that you can speak into and encourage that vaccination? Oh, sure. Yes. Well, you know, one of the biggest fears that we hear is the vaccine is so new. It was developed so fast. How can we be sure it's safe, right? Well, for one thing, we know that there are billions of people in the world who have received a vaccine. And so that's one way of helping us know that it is safe for those that are receiving it. The other thing is that a lot of the speed with which this was developed was because we were able to cut through a lot of the red tape and budget issues that often hold up how quickly a vaccine is developed and available. So fortunately, we were able to do a lot of that more quickly in COVID than we usually are. So the research is not new. The vaccine is what is. Well, great. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Unziker, and sharing all of the information today. So until next week, Spectrum Health, Zealand Community Hospital, wishes you well.